You are tuning in to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. After you finish listening to it, why not take a moment to listen to one of the most recent episodes? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. This is Tommy's Outdoors, episode 30. Yes, 3 and 0. Nice round number. And it is also a first episode of the podcast in the new year, 2019. We already have a few episodes of the podcast where we talk about how being outdoors impacts our well-being and makes a positive difference, and also how that impacts our everyday lives. So my guest today is Orla Dempsey. Orla is a life and career coach, and I have a great pleasure uh, to talk with Orla about um, all these things. So how being outdoors and exercising and uh, having some physical activities and breathing fresh air uh, positively impacts our well-being, our brains, and how that translates to, you know, better career, better quality of life, and how these two areas impact each other. Also, during my conversation with Orla, we introduced the term digital detox. And this is really what I feel like Orla is very passionate about, about that digital digital detox, which is essentially, you know, put all your devices away. Put all your phones and your computer and your TV, turn it off. Uh, stop bombarding your brain and your eyes with all the stimuli and actually relax and maybe look at something green that is... Uh, outside of your door, outdoors, um, right? So I think this is a good idea, and um, that idea recently has uh, gained a, a little bit of popularity, um, especially as the new research comes out that shows that really um, looking all the time at the screens that are emitting a lot of blue light is not that good for our brains. And even though we might not feel that directly, uh, in the long term, it impacts us, and in that case, it impacts us negatively. So, um, I think, uh, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Orla Dempsey. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so with me today, Orla Dempsey, how are you? Great, thank you. All right, it's, you know, uh, so maybe a little bit of a, you know, okay, how, how did it happen that, that we're here, right? So uh, you found uh, Tommy's Outdoors podcast through uh, Gronja Clancy. That's right, right. yes. So t- can you tell us, like, what's the, what's the connection between Gronja and what Gronja does and, and, and what you do? Yeah, I suppose I'm involved in a few similar groups with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't met her uh, personally, but I'm very interested in what she does with her clients. And the link just came across through her page. Yeah, so yeah. so just for, for people who are just tuning in, uh, the the podcast with Grania was was again about kind of benefits for mental health uh, and the outdoors and like in in the podcast obviously we're talking about everything outdoors so it's not only cycling and fishing and hunting it's also all the other benefits and all the other stuff so I was quite happy when you contacted me 
because I think it's very important to also kind of highlight the the, the importance of the of the outdoors, right? Absolutely. Yes, I'm a big fan of getting out for our, our mental health and for the freedom that it gives us outside. Uh, for the past number of years, I've done mud runs. I, I'm a, an avid runner as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just you come back from the outdoors feeling refreshed and, uh, you know, full of life again, full right. of energy. And you're running. Are you running like a competitively in the marathons and so on? Or is it just for, for fun? Just for fun, mostly. Um, you know, I, I do a few 5Ks, 10Ks mm-hmm. throughout the year. But um, my, my main passion is the is the mud run. So mm. any obstacle race, uh, oh, you know, into right. the deep water. And yeah. Um, it's like, is it, it's like a called Tough Mudder. That's the that's one. Right. Like, I, I know the guy who was taking Actually, that he might be a good guest on the podcast, too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How does it how, how did it start that you that you yeah. t- took in this? I suppose the, the, the real, um, what really attracted me to the, the mud runs is the fact that there's not a really competitive nature. Mm-hmm. Everybody mucks in together. Everyone helps one another out. Mm-hmm. Even the weakest can help somebody pull somebody over an obstacle. Um, and so it was different in that, you know, from me doing my 5Ks where I was trying to beat my time. Mm-hmm. This one was, you know, you ran if you wanted, you walk if you wanted. And yeah, it's just a wonderful time to, to be outdoors and to have the community spirit. So it's this cooperative nature rather than competitive. Absolutely. So is it like a kind of like a military obstacle course kind of thing? Yeah, I suppose in the past I would have done um, a military style whereby... you know, it was in uh, in the Curra camp, actually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that would have been, you know, uh, a, a good good experience too. But um, my main passion is, you know, that just everybody gets out for fun. There's, yeah, um, yeah there's the, the crawling under the ropes and the true tunnels and mm-hmm. nothing can prepare you, I think, for some of the obstacles that are there. Yes, yes. And are you doing any preparation prior to that? Like you're doing your 5Ks and so on? Or are you just taking it like as it goes? Like, let's see what happens. Oh, well, I suppose I'm always getting out for a run um and uh, you know a couple of times a week and then i do some strength training as well so, oh um, right right yeah. right so so you can pull yourself on the on the other obstacles and stuff like y- that yes wow yeah. that's that's awesome i didn't know that that's that's very that's very and you're doing like a couple of those events in a year how how, yes. that, how does it like can you explain to our listeners like how the how the like a circuit for the one of a better work uh, word for uh uh, this moderns looks like oh goodness um so this year i would have competed in both the tough mother event which was in july i think mm-hmm. and then in august september time mm-hmm. um the helen back which is in Kilroderry, just in um mm-hmm. in wicklow and uh yeah the, both were fantastic events i really enjoyed it i think one was 7k and the other was 8k mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i suppose my my practice for those would be um just making sure that i'm getting out for my weekly runs mm-hmm. um and at the moment i'm doing some boxer size classes mm-hmm. um and uh, so it's just all about being active and i, yeah. I think because they're not competitive so long as you are active you're going to be able to get yourself through it yeah yeah is is the fact that you're all wet and muddy kind of an issue is it cold yes all right <laughs> and in the first in my helen back this week or the, um 
in September, mm -hmm. the very first obstacle was into an ice bath. Right. So um, you were wet then for the rest of the the race. So yeah, that was that was pretty. Are people like getting sick one. there and then then cold and all that? Yeah, <laughs> and your your body freezes up a lot because mm -hmm. uh, because of the ice. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's all part of it. All part yeah. of the fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's very that's very that's very interesting. So listen, can you tell us what you're what you're do like in you know we are in a, in a beautiful facility here yeah. and so maybe a few words like what's uh what's your what's your main job here yeah i suppose i am a career and life coach i qualified um a year and a half ago now um mm -hmm. and i am working with people who are stressed and overwhelmed cool. um my also I also work as a primary school teacher as well. So I feel mm. like I have a lot to offer teachers who are stressed and overwhelmed. So, right. um, so you can see, so you can see your colleagues at work and say like, well, you know, you might want to talk to me after you're done with it. Yeah, I suppose it's just stress and overwhelm is a major part of life nowadays for mm. everybody. Um, I, I think nobody is exempt from it unless, and, and, and my, my, aim as a coach is mm -hmm. to be able to provide people with strategies or to make them aware of strategies like getting out into the outdoors mm -hmm. um in order to be able to deal with that yeah. uh, but i think sometimes it's a really conscious decision that we have to make of putting things in place because it can consume us if we don't um really kind of look after it and be mindful of of undertaking things that will help us to deal with our, our stress levels yeah And would you say that they're going through a mud run or anything like that is one of the... I think... Is it, is it, is it the cure? <laughs> I think getting outside of your comfort zone is fantastic. And definitely every time I, I challenge myself to mm -hmm. do something like that, that's outside of my comfort zone. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely great for the head. Yeah, this is this is this is very interesting what you said. And by the way, I am I am also a big fan of getting out of the comfort zone because like they say... Uh, inside the comfort, the progress is not made inside the comfort zone. So we need to, if you want to move forward, you need to go outside of the comfort zone. But can you lay it out for for our listeners? Because some people who listen to that and I say that it's a little bit, con you know, a little bit counterintuitive. Because like I'm stressed, right? I'm under pressure. I'm stressed, and here's advice for me: is like go and go outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So like, whoa, how does this work? Like, I I need a I need a like, you know, like a safe space. I need to be like you know like and you say like no 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 go to the comfort. So so how does it work? Like it, it's it well for me it's realizing I'm a big fan of journaling and getting my thoughts down on paper and mm -hmm. it's coming to term terms with what is my comfort zone and what do I feel comfortable doing on a daily basis? What do I spend most of my time doing and and realizing just what's outside, what's a step above that again and what's a step past that again and becoming aware of how we can move from outside of or from inside of that circle into um you know outside of it and you know what is one or two steps away that will will challenge us um mm -hmm. but i definitely think some reflection time to realize what what our comfort zone looks like um and getting it down on paper and say this is these are the things that i'd like to achieve this year these are the tasks that i i need to do in order to be able to do to achieve that that goal mm -hmm. um yeah it's, it's really important so is 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 that is what you're saying is that people are getting stressed while still being inside their comfort zone yes i think sometimes that happens mm -hmm. um because what often happens is that other people 
put demands on us that um you know that there are you say family and friends having expectations and mm-hmm. and using up our time unless we put boundaries around where we are uh, comfortable how we are comfortable helping others what others can expect of us um and unless we explain those boundaries to people or are aware of them ourselves they can take up time and they can ask us to do favors ask us to do things that we don't we're not comfortable with and it's, it's just removing our own personal time uh, mm-hmm. so sometimes yes that can happen sometimes the opposite as well where we feel like we're we're receiving too great a challenge Mm -hmm. so it is you know expectations from outside of our comfort zone that we don't feel ready to to do that just yet but um certainly i think you know when others kind of come in and join and and take take our time away from us right so what you're saying is like don't necessarily run the mile outside of your comfort zone just uh, take a step yeah and then the next step and kind of uh um Right. And is, do you, so you mentioned that there's a lot of people that are stressed uh, these days and so on. Why do you like this is kind of um, kind of theme that is, that is being repeated. And I'm, obviously I'm going back to the to the podcast with Grania. We also had a um, kind of discussion that I'm, I'm, I'm curious of your of your opinion. Like why why you feel it's more people or do you feel it's more people stressed these days? than it was like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Or is it just, you know, we talk about it more and with the all the social media and so on and so on. It's just, you know, the level is the same, but we talk about it more. Which, what do you think it is? That's an interesting perspective. I think that it would be unfair to say that there was never stress before the onset mm. of technology and social oh, media. Yeah, yeah, of, course of course there was. But I do feel that technology has a huge impact on what we're expected to do and um we're encouraged nowadays to multitask to be able to do a range of things um all at the same time you'll see you know a busy working mother you know working during daytime then coming home and feeding the kids or vice versa a man of course but there are so many um so many activities that we are uh, that we must do on a daily basis and I definitely think that, you know, the onset of technology and the, and our phone being at, at the in our hands constantly mm. is is a huge distraction for us. Um, I know recently I downloaded a, like a time tracker app mm-hmm. and um, just kind of observed it for a, the, a few days and how much time I was spending on certain social media. And it was quite a, a shocking um, realization for wow. me. Um, so I know that a lot of my business is run through social media. And so, um, you know, I, of course, a certain element of my work will be through through Facebook, etc. But, you know, out of 24 hours a day, I think it's not a great balance to have to be spending, you know, three hours yeah. using Facebook yeah. alone. You yeah, know? that's what Grania said that she said, like a two phones. One is a work phone and one is a private phone. Yeah. And then like when I'm done with work, I'm just putting away my, my work phone. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at it anymore yeah. and, and so on. And that's it, actually. That's what I was mentioning there around boundaries. We mm-hmm. have to make that conscious decision for ourselves because sometimes mm-hmm. with our best intentions, we'd say, yes, I'm putting my work phone away. Mm-hmm. 
but sometimes it can sneak back into our hands and you know oh I just need to check this email or I just need to check if that client has responded to me so being able to be aware of what our boundary is and it's now eight o'clock in the evening time I'm going to shut off the phone and kind of stick to that and create that as a habit Mm. um I think is really important for people and do you think this is like a source of stress that the people are sort of say constantly at work yes absolutely yeah absolutely um it depends on what what work is but i Mm -hmm. I certainly as an entrepreneur i do notice nowadays Mm -hmm. that um my reliance on my phone um is is far greater than it would have been a few years ago um and it's it's a shocking thing to realize Mm -hmm. as technology advances is that going to be an increasing um concern for me because our phones are our calculators they're our diaries they're everything they're they're so many functions all in Mm -hmm. one um and uh they're becoming like extensions of our own ourselves absolutely yeah yeah it's it's interesting because quite often you hear you know how wonderful technology is right and that you you have in your phone you have a compute power that is more than uh you know 30 years ago supercomputers and now here we go but but also like a constantly repeating theme is like well man put that away it's like it's just devouring your time it 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 messes with your with your sleep it messes with everything it makes you being at work all the time so that's interesting that is like a kind of like a dichotomy almost with, with that device absolutely absolutely i recently last weekend actually i took a digital detox i decided mm-hmm. my mom my mother and myself we were going down to west cork mm-hmm. and I just needed a little break and I needed as an experiment, as a challenge mm-hmm. to myself to put my phone away for 24 hours. And at a quarter past eight on Friday morning, mm-hmm. I put it into the boot of my car and mm-hmm. said, that's staying there now for 24 mm-hmm. hours. And it was such a wonderful challenge, actually, to prove to myself that, like you say, it, it wasn't an extension of my arm for, mm-hmm. you know, for the day for 24 hours. Um, I felt that. My conversations were, I was fully present and in the moment that when we were talking, we had, we made some lovely memories um, and that, yeah, it was just wonderful to, for the, the whole focus of the 24 hours was on conversation, was on relaxation, was on being mindful. Mm. Um, and I, I would love to see more people engaging and actively putting that boundary around, you know, one day a month or one day every six months even mm-hmm. just to to be present with their families with their own lives and get to know themselves again a little bit better yeah. i think this is this is what what outdoors gives you that you know number like okay these days and especially in in ireland it's hard to find the places without reception mm-hmm. although there are places without reception so i uh, i'm quite often uh, going to a farm in, in a bounds uh, between uh, the border on County Cork, and um, there's no reception there, and you go in and you just like don't even bother looking at your phone. And like, first of all, why would you? Because it's, it's all these things. There's a lake and there's a mountain and all that. Mm-hmm. But then even if you know nobody will bother you with the, with the call or anything like that. Or for example, if you're going for a run or for an event or for a cycle or for anything like that, it's just it just like you said you're kind of like in a state of flow you're just focusing on what you're doing this is like a complete you know presence already like it's mindfulness like i'm aware of everything that's going on rather than being this distracted like i'm i'm listening to you but i'm not really i'm checking 
stuff here and then yeah. so on so yeah. i guess that's that's great absolutely yeah and i was at a concert recently mm-hmm. um i mean not to say that i'm totally you know dependent on technology and i mm-hmm. do kind of do set sometimes sometime in the evening and and obviously <laughs> nobody is fully dependent on their mm-hmm. phone but i vis- i went to a, a concert um about a month ago and i thought it was such a shame that everybody was holding up recording mm-hmm. what was going on, on on stage and there were so few people actually there in the present and in the moment and uh yeah it's um it was a, a big realization there was a there was like a picture photograph on a on a um taken during one of the cycling races i don't know if you saw that there's a there's like these these uh metal kind of barriers so people are behind that and the cyclists are are going and there's a whole crowd of people and every single one of these people have a phone and it's looking at those cyclists through their phone and among these all that crowd there's like a crowd is a like old lady without a phone is just just watching this like like wow it's but it was like kind of like what's wrong with those people like you actually there right and this is a sentence i heard uh some time ago that people are more focused on, on documenting instead of experiencing right so you see that like your people is like a like a, a, a points where you can get out of the car and take a photo, especially in Kerry, like Slyhead, and the, right there, there are signs and people can pull out. And people are getting out of the car, and the first thing they do, they pull in the phones or cameras. It's like no one kind of actually stands and like watch, look at it, yeah. right? Yeah. And what I noticed was funny, because obviously I, I I I fall for that trap as well, that like again. Back in the days, you had a camera with 36, you know, photographs and that was it. So you were very careful, right? You go out and you just looked at it and like you're very careful and you took this one photo and you move on. Like right now, you're just taking massive amount of photos. Yeah. And um, we were, myself and two of my friends, we were in Italy, right? And we were just taking photos of everything like i like like dumb people there's just this 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 like and we ended up with like a gigabyte of photos it was like all the same because like three of us like and obviously they're like, give me all your photos yeah. i give you like and it was like you know <laughs> six or seven photos like exactly the same yeah. and like who gonna watch that yeah. we probably looked at them once yeah. right and if you realize that it's like i actually have been there i don't remember much I just have like a whole lot of crap photos that I don't even bother looking at them because it's like 378 of them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's crazy. I really like that image though of, you know, looking back into the past and really having to be selective about because you only had 36 frames mm. to take mm. to experience it first. And then, oh my goodness, you, you know, you take the one or take the two and then that was it. And think that that's a lovely way to think about things about the scenery and and the highlights of our life i suppose yeah yeah mm. that's 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 great because then it it, it, it you have to experience that first mm. right we have yeah. to experience like this so what's your what's what's your thing what's your what's a what would be your advice to people to kind of you know break that cycle because it's quite hard right it's like the, those phones are always the cameras are always yeah. like you know like what would be your advice yeah i suppose what i had done the day before i had decided to do the digital detox um was 
to look at my boundaries actually and Mm -hmm. when I thought and projected myself into the future I said you know in 10 years time or what am I going to appreciate what do I what will I have needed to gather in my life to get me to be a success in in 10 years time and I realized that the strategies that um say for example journaling or basically different techniques of Mm self-care are going to look after my mental health between now and then so even though we have all of these assistance with technology and all of the different um aspects of life what will make me a contented and successful person is actually me putting myself first and and our my own health and and strategies so I said oh do you know what it would do me it would it would do me good to to put my phone away for a day and um and and to make that a a habit and a routine for myself I suppose we all know in theory that it's good Mm -hmm. for us but do we actually do it in practice Mm -hmm. um and um really for me I it was a simple decision once I decided that I was going to take it um or a simple action I suppose um I was traveling a lot for the day my mom had her phone so we were using it as a sat nav but it was just to kind of first of all decide and that it's important to you um I suppose choose a good time as well it was Mm. a good time for me the time when I chose to to do um to do the digital detox because I knew that I wasn't going to need my my phone um urgently or nobody needed to contact me urgently mm-hmm. so I was uh, my my mind was free to be able to put it aside um and yeah just and 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 stick to it if you can you know mm. um I actually thought I didn't there was the first few turns where I thought oh I, I'll look that up or I need to do that um and then I was like oh no I, I don't I don't have my phone today mm-hmm. and it was simpler than I than I thought that was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I knew that, you know, at quarter past eight the following morning, I was going to have access to these things. But also, um, what I also found was quite interesting was um, it only took me about 10 minutes to catch up with, you know, the people who had texted me or there was different alerts, whereas it would have taken me all day and I would have been distracted all of that, that right. Saturday. And I'm like, oh, that's that's, you know, we all think that we have to be on social media. We're missing so much, but really 10 minutes the following morning to respond to the people that mm. matter. Well, not that that mattered, but, you know, if, if there was a, a direct reply uh, yeah. required. Um, and then I was free again to, you know, put the phone aside and I'd be a, bit, a little bit more mindful for the second day then. But yeah, that was a real eye opener that a lot can be done in 10 minutes where we, mm. I could have spent four or five hours doing exactly the same thing yeah yeah and and just all these 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 gaps between that is like twitter is the biggest offender right because you kind of like oh do you know what <laughs> this is this is hmm and you mentioned a second time like a digital detox can you can you elaborate what this is it like a kind of event or is it like a what's you know if you can it, well the digital that. detox was just me or is it just like a general phrase a general phrase really okay. um i'm doing a, a week on my facebook page at the moment just encouraging others to maybe take part in it themselves the benefits of why they should take part why they, they should do a, a digital detox and you know some simple strategies that can assist them so it, for example a digital detox could be a full 24 hours or more 
without your phone mm-hmm. or it could be reducing the notifications so that you're notified less of less to what is alerting you you know mm-hmm. for your facebook notifications etc um so you can gradually reduce the time that you spend on it or you can have kind of go cold turkey as they say mm-hmm. um but it won't be the same answer for everybody really whether it's just realizing and coming to terms with the fact of how much time we spend on it yeah. and what we can do about it or get your, like an old old school flip phone like yeah. you know like that doesn't have all the internet connections you have your text message you have your phone that's it absolutely. right absolutely <laughs> how happy would we be <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very that's very interesting so um and it's also kind of uh, like you know you're doing that through social media it's like you know don't do social media why are you on social media yeah. put it away so then you see somebody disappears like mm. yeah i say make sure and check out my page first <laughs> <laughs> but yeah regardless I, i'm so passionate about it that i um yeah i definitely think that everybody you know one day over the winter time even just just to be uh to be more mindful and to get in touch with I never you, you see this is interesting because I like I said that the subject is coming back over and over again but I didn't really think you know that way on about like really being in the outdoors yeah. and and kind of focusing on the activity whatever the activity is and yeah. there's a plenty of episodes of podcasts about other things that's actually taking digital detox yes Absolutely. So, so this is like right there. Yeah, it's yeah, right there. Yeah. Why do you think we need? So obviously, so the first thing is like you know, go go out in the outdoors, whatever floats your boat, go out there, and just make sure you're not checking your phone constantly, mm-hmm. um, which you can't if you really focus on what you're doing. But yeah. why do you think it became such an obsession or such an addiction? the the you know the phones all the social media why why do you think well i think the more functions that are on them the more reliant we become on them so you mm. know it started off just after the flip phones like you say you mm. know with the calculator that was on it yeah. then it was you know it's a wonderful camera it's way mm. better than my regular camera mm-hmm. used to be or um mm. and so the more functions that are there the more reasons we have to pick it up and then it becomes a habit and um you know, just unlocking my phone, the, the, the same app actually um, clocks the amount of time that I, I unlock the, my my phone. Right. And that's quite interesting. What's the app? Well. Uh, it's called Your Hour. Your Hour. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, sometimes we pick up our phones for no reason at all. And, mm-hmm. you know... It, It's a habit, like, like you don't think about that's it. That's it. And I might not, you know, maybe, you know... 10 seconds on Facebook a little mm-hmm. scroll and then it's locked again and put away mm-hmm. um and really when you think about it I don't need to do that but like mm-hmm. you say it's just it's a habit that we've gotten into and it started really from my opinion just from the the number of features that it has nowadays and the amount of social media that's out there um so if you're really into social media and you have your Twitter account you have your LinkedIn you have your Facebook um you know our banking is on there now mm-hmm. um And, uh, and it's connected to your Amazon, so you can spend easy. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, it's um, like, and I, that's why I love this link with the outdoors because it is the time when we can be fully mindful. When I go for a run, I have a little iPod, the tiniest little oldest mm-hmm. iPod that's there. And mm-hmm. I leave my phone behind me, mm-hmm. and off I go. There's my car key in mm-hmm. my pocket. And I'm I'm gone, and so mm. there's no opportunity for me to check any technology. You know, it's flipping to the next song, is it? Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a half an hour or an hour of headspace, and um, yeah, it's so important in our day. 
Yes, yes. I I I read somewhere that this is to do with a with a um, dopamine reward system, where they where they were doing like experiments on rats, and and this is kind of like these these things that we getting sort of like a reward. Yeah. But from checking all that stuff, and that's why we constantly you don't like you said you don't need to check that yes. you know you check you check that damn Twitter five minutes ago why are you on the phone again yeah but just just to just say oh there's new new tweet or oh, somebody liked something and we're getting this this little like a dop you know injection of dopamine yeah and since we're going into that and you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation stress and a lot of people are stressed which then again it's a it's an issue with the cortisol yes. right. Yeah. Because again, our lives, which are not in the outdoors, meaning like, obviously, you know, not in a scenario you live in a log cabin in Alaska, right? It's like no question. Okay. And um, but in this in a setting that we are here, we have this constant like cortisol should should be like a dose of cortisol, right? Something happened. I need to run. I need to save my life, right? Mm -hmm. And then it goes, right? While like you mentioned, like a teachers and so on, in a in a like a day to day settings, we getting like a drips of cortisol all day, yeah. and that's really not how it, the whole that that machinery that we are are designed to be. Yes, right. So we then drip, drip, and that cortisol. So it and this is this stress is created. Do you think that this is sometimes kind of works like a counterbalance? So we're trying to counterbalance that kind of cortisol poisoning almost with the dopamine on the other side and I'm, I'm so stressed i'm just gonna do you think that's that's what's going on yeah uh, there, there could be a possibility there um yeah i i remember reading about you know the little red notification on facebook and mm -hmm. exactly you've said um you know it's that that's that reward that you know somebody has liked something someone you mm -hmm. know there's an, a notification there that <laughs> you know it's it's like um what's the word um, it won't come to me now, but yeah, I, I definitely think there's something with that. That's yeah. Mm. Yeah. People are doing that. And, um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what you see about like these, these, these stressed people, what's the most often cause in, from your experience and, and what you're then recommending people to do other than like take, take a digital detox. Yeah. But what are the causes? What you, what do you think? Work is a big thing. Um, mm. I see so many people, you know, traveling, first of all, long distances to work in the morning times, commuting, you know, being stuck in traffic, not being able Tell to... Tell me about it. Just, just driving here through the traffic. <laughs> it can it can be, you know what I thought? It, it can be almost like a feeling of claustrophobia. Yeah. Because you're kind of stuck in the traffic and you have a car on the one side and the other side and you can go forward, you can go backward. Yeah. You're just literally stuck talk in this place yeah. it can be claustrophobic yeah and nothing you can do about it no and you know that work is starting at eight o'clock and you didn't know the traffic was going to be this bad mm. and these feelings of, of frustration and overwhelm um you know no matter I, I especially the m50 in the morning times here and in, in mm. going into dublin um sometimes there's just no way of telling what time you should leave work because you don't mm -hmm. know whether there's going to be an accident on the road and yeah it's a very unsettling and frustrating feeling just to before you ever begin your day's work to just the, the process of getting there is can be a frustrating then I suppose you know it depends on whether the person is passionate about what they do whether mm -hmm. they're enjoying the position that they're in mm. sometimes people are perhaps you know dissatisfied maybe have chosen a path that 
they didn't that and a job that they're they're not um experiencing success in or feeling mm. enjoyment with um and then you kind of have you know um team working issues as well sometimes mm. that they feel that they're a poor fit for their team and that there isn't maybe a shared vision amongst themselves mm. and their their colleagues um and find those relationship issues difficult to deal with um I know in the, a primary school level or secondary school level um, teaching in general, there's a lot of um, expectations on us now in terms of paperwork. Um, and so when the, the teaching day is done, um, teachers are expected to write up reams and reams of notes, um, observations on the children. And it's it's not as simple as just, you know, the 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 one-to-one FaceTime that they have with the children Mm. um the conditions of the jobs are the job is different than it used to be 20 years ago um and yeah that's impacting family life um it's impacting their their personal headspace the time to be able to you know put the the books away put the copies away and be able to begin their personal lives in the evening so that is that's very much in your on your uh career coaching so so do you see that quite often that people i said i heard somewhere like is like a frightening statistic that like a 70 or 80 percent of people like hate their job mm. not like like uh, maybe like they hate yeah. their job and they think why do you think is like why people are stuck in that situation why why is it you know, when someone, <laughs> I think I've found my calling now. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I'm sure I found my calling. But I think there is a second level when students are choosing their career path. It's really difficult for them to know. They don't have the life experience in, in order to be able to know what course they're going to enjoy, what really the, the self-awareness of. So what the age you're talking about? About 17, mm-hmm. you know, um. And so sometimes they get stuck in courses that really they're they're not suitable for. There's a huge um, a third level dropout rate in mm. certain courses that mm. are um, too challenging or not of interest to, to the, the college students. Um, and so that sets off people on on the wrong career path, really, just because they don't have their life experience. Um, yeah, but how how this then continues to the adulthood? Yeah, because like 70 year old, like I, I get it, right? Every, every like this 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 can happen i get it just you know i thought it's gonna be great it's not that great and now like but then these these like people are i'm presuming who are coming to you is like they're they're grown adults yes and why do you think they decide to kind of well obviously the the, the ones that are coming to you are decided to do something about it but there's yeah. a I, I presume there's a whole lot of people who don't decide and, and and kind of try to toughen it out yes and that takes a toll on the mental health why do you think that's happening why people are deciding like yeah i'm gonna stick with that what i hate yeah um i know one reason for for teachers and public servants i suppose is that they and i i would have i've thought of this years ago like it's a permanent pensionable job and the conditions mm. of the job are very good um you know it, it's a short working day shorter than other mm-hmm. um careers would be and uh it's security so, so I it's think a good people, job why are they stressed yeah exactly <laughs> you would have ever imagined you know that other conditions can kind of you know um undermine those uh 
you know those benefits to mm. it and sometimes you, you'll see even especially in the UK but also starting in Ireland that a lot of teachers are getting out of the the job because they're not being paid well enough and mm. the the conditions of the job are being deteriorated in terms of like I say the mm. amount of paperwork required by them mm-hmm. um and uh you know and parents are also stressed as well and sometimes that creates kind of disharmony amongst yeah. the parents and the teachers it's like and a compounding effect everybody is stressed yeah. and, and now like everybody is stressed and there's a little bit of an issue that is kind of easy to iron out but because everybody is stressed is like a big explosion and there's even more stress yeah. right yeah yeah i asked that question when i was talking with gronya and i'm gonna ask you that question do you think that there is an element that as a society we actually became very weak and and the the coping mechanisms are like for all the for all everything that we're taking like how we live right now it's much easier life than it was 30 50 70 years ago mm-hmm. even with all the technology right you can contact whoever you want you can you can there's you know reach for entertainment if you want all that is like and even like things like a crime rate and safety and and all that thing it's it's much better these days mm-hmm. it's it's on it's not even comparable right mm-hmm. all the cars all the luxury air conditioning our our grandpa grandparents didn't even thought about anything like that right mm-hmm. so do you think that that made us so much weaker to cope with the, you know, a little bit of a stress during the day. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to minimize it, right? Because Gronya said like, well, you cannot really judge people and so on. I'm not trying to judge people, but I'm just asking genuine question. Because what you said is, you know, actually it's a good job. It's a secure job, given that example, yes. right? And and for all the listeners, you know, please extend that example to any job you want. Like, yes. But you have a good job, right? It's, it's secure, it, you're, you're getting paid well, or yes. maybe not well, but secure. Yes. All these good things, yes. right? And then you have a little bit of a stress related to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that grows such a, you know, enormous issue that we start talking about mental health and the affecting day, like... You know, you you have a short, short, you can say short day work. Like you finish your work, you go home, and now you enjoy your life. Like, yeah. why why people seems to be not able to cope that with I, that? I think an important thing to note there is to simplify things. So you did mention there are some great values there about the security. There is, you know, we get with for many teachers we won't say most teachers but many teachers there's a good they're at a good level of salary um and you're right I suppose if you're to go in and just do the minimum um and uh, yeah you know it seems like a picture perfect Mm -hmm. job um and yeah so how's the somehow they can't cope like why like so so you know playing devil's advocate a yeah. little bit right why why the solution is not like toughen up right yeah. toughen up and like and i know it you know obviously uh people who listen to that podcast now and and know anything about the mental health is going to go oh tommy no but that's a genuine question i, yeah. I i'm i'm asking that question like why this doesn't work yeah. are we 
and again, I'm I'm wondering whether it was always there. It was yeah. we never talk about it, yeah. or we really became weak, like a like a like a psychologically weak. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, that's interesting to kind of play around with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if someone told me to toughen up mm-hmm. and that it would make a, a huge difference to me, and I'm like, yeah. So I suppose. Really, but you're different. Tough... You're a tough mother. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> tough mother. Um, but yeah, I suppose that would that would require you know mental resilience and and mm. in the life coaching uh, area, um, that's really kind of going back to you know the softness as well and realizing you know in what area I kind of need to bounce back a little but yeah I suppose really personal development and say yes and and what can I do and put practical strategies in there in terms of actually toughening up as a person Mm -hmm. um what I find with my clients as well is that you have to really want it um Mm. and the great thing about coaching is I don't believe that and no coach will will tell you that they have any of the answers that mm-hmm. I we never recommend anything to clients <laughs> we believe that the clients are whole and creative and resourceful people and that the answers lie within themselves so if that person needs to toughen up okay mm-hmm. they will we will ask um questions around around it so that they will come to the realization for themselves so that they have to put the the, the steps in place that they know that will get them there to that um to achieve that goal or to get them to that place mm-hmm. um which is uh which is important i think we all know deep down exactly what we need to do for ourselves and it's just about uncovering and removing removing and and clearing what mm. that stress and pressure and and all those other issues that kind of mask things um and to to get to to that mental resilience and that toughness that you talk yeah. about yeah and is it is it like you're when you're working with a client you kind of see or expect what they need and kind of try to guide them to because this is like a even even in the in the leadership which yeah. is, which is like my other job yeah it's like you know the best idea is to convince somebody that what you want them to do is their idea right that's a bit so is it like an element of that that you're actually see what any given person needs? For example, like, you know that person needs to change a job, or that person needs to spend more time outdoors, or you know, whatever. And then you kind of um, curating, maybe for the for the want of a better word, conversation that way, so they're gonna find that that spot, or you're approaching that completely like you know i don't know you need to figure out yourself and and you're like which which one is it i I suppose it's between those two options (laughs) um really coaching is mostly about uh, uncovering the the issues for the clients themselves so um i would never recommend anything to a client Mm -hmm. um However, you know, there's there's a coach is also an educator. So um, sometimes, especially in my in my career coaching sessions, mm-hmm. um, so that would be the nitty gritty of, you know, working on CVs, um, uh, building interview confidence, that kind of thing. So that would be more directive. Um, right. But really coaching is a journey. So when I work with one to one clients, um, they book in for a number of sessions and I'm there to support them each step along the way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the realization will come, you know, in the first couple of sessions or sometimes the client will need more time. But generally they will come to their own understanding and their own realization um, of 
whether they need to change job but it's through powerful questioning that that Mm. will um will be revealed really to the client themselves. Yeah, yeah. So if it, so if somebody comes into you, to you, to your to your office and says like, "Well, look, uh, or like, I I hate my job, but I love cycling or, you know, fishing, whatever it is, sailing." Um, but I like how do I how possibly could I, you know, do this? Like what your what approach would you take? What's what's what what to expect, and is 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 that a really realistic thing to do? Yeah, and um, well, it'll vary uh, from person to person. But one of the first things that we'd look at is is the client's values. Mm-hmm. So if they value something like security, and if their job is providing, you know, if one of their top three values is security and having that regular income coming in, having perhaps routine, um, and if they feel that you know their passion through cycling can provide that for them they're passionate enough to to drive whether it's you know competitive cycling or whatever it is um and their passion can become their career mm-hmm. um and they're willing to take that on board and take the action to um to get themselves there over perhaps you know a certain length of time mm-hmm. um that would be an option but we would have to look at where their values lay in terms of how they're able to uh, deal with with big changes like that. Um, sure, yeah. sure. So, can you explain the difference between life coaching and career coaching? Because it seems there is a huge overlap. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. And oftentimes, when I work with my clients, um, they think that they're coming for career coaching. Um, and but the thing is, each area of our lives, whether it be um, you know environment so your home and work environment mm. whether it's your fun and relationships whether it's your love life we're, we're holistic it's a holistic approach to things whereby there will be a huge overlap between different things that are go is, is going on because your career will have mm. an impact on your family life mm. your environment where you're going to live that kind of thing um and uh yeah, one one client came to me uh, feeling very stressed in work, and when we pared it down and brought it back, really she realized that her issue wasn't really with the work itself, but the amount of support that she was receiving from family um, surrounding that. So when her free time was in the evening time, you know, maybe the balance of childcare um, and mm. how much extra support that she needed or our strategies to put in place in terms of being able to to do her plans and um putting side time aside for herself that's huge right yeah. that's that support like you're 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 much you're much uh more likely to cope with stress if you have a if you have a support right Absolutely. Yeah. so so to say the example you know i have a i have a job that is tough and i kind of don't like it but it's you know i'm getting good good salary and then if 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 at home you get like well you know good job look at all that yeah you get more motivation while instead you get like oh you know you always at work whatever it's like oh god i just said just said right is 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 that the the support is like and it's like through this coaching session is can you provide like a sort of a maybe not support but kind of guide people to find that support or, or like... yeah absolutely um so we often use a brainstorm as a, a you know a tool to kind of open mm. up the mind so often and I, I i quite challenge my clients on that because mm. sometimes the answer will come 
you know, instantaneously to us. But sometimes you say, I would use, and what else? And what else? What else could happen? So I could get support from my husband. I could get support from, you know, my parents. I could get support from the creche, okay? Mm -hmm. If they needed extra Mm -hmm. time in the creche. And just brainstorm all of the available um, options to them. Some would be more um, attractive than others. But -hmm. it's just good to open up the mind to realize that, you know, it's not just black and white sometimes. So, um, yeah. you know, maybe in two weeks time, it might be an option to use the crash to, you know, you know, for childcare for, for a few hours extra that you can do another task. So, um, yeah, that would be, uh, I, I'm a big believer in kind of creative problem solving. Right. Right. That's a, that's a huge thing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's, 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 that's very interesting because that, that was, uh, you know what you're saying is 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 kind of I'm trying to 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 make a connection to other conversation that I had and it's like well, yeah that life coaching and the career coaching and like you said people think there's a problem with their career and the problem lies completely somewhere else yeah. and you know what I love w- about what you said is that you're actually people need to they need to want to do something that's a that's the first thing and yeah. they need to like really want it not like kind of want it really want it yeah. And then really figure out the solution on their own. And do you think is sometimes that, you know, there's so many things going on, so much stress and this and that, that they cannot really take that break and figure out the solution on their own. Mm-hmm. And this is like a huge role of, of, of people like you who actually provide that. It's like, hey, you know, yeah. sit down. and A major... Um benefit to engaging in coaching or engaging um is the accountability aspect of things Mm -hmm. so when i work with my clients i generally apart from if it was something sporadic like a like if i was reviewing someone's cv and a, Mm -hmm. a career coaching session um mostly it would be that we meet for a number of sessions so that they have the support not just today but next week and the week after or however length of time they choose to um spread out that that support and and our weekly or our our meetings together Mm -hmm. so if it's fortnightly they choose to meet they know that i'm going to be they have a list of activities or a list of tasks that they have chosen to complete within the 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 time frame and that when they meet me at the next session i would say well how did you get on with with those tasks and sometimes that's that little extra kick of motivation Hmm. that they say oh you know I've committed to this I'm now accountable to my life coach I'm accountable to myself for the progress that I have chosen to make so um rather than you know uh you know sometimes for mental health people will see their doctors or they will see other kind of um uh you know therapists or that kind of thing but it's that that weekly support or fortnightly support that you get with a a life coach that um keeps Mm. you on track and 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 drives the progress faster and uh yeah and like you said their people are then accountable and there's accountability and you know for themselves and and then if they share that with their family there there is this called cadence of accountability i suppose yeah, right which absolutely. is like from week to week or from goal to goal and so on yeah. you know what i had a i had a thought that kind of uh ties what you said to uh earlier about the phones and all that that people maybe if they put away those phones and distractions, like, no, I don't want to focus too much on the phones, but all those distractions, right? Because like, oh, I'm going to put a phone down, but then I have a, you know, Netflix and YouTube on, on my TV and like nothing changes, right? Yeah. 
if they put that all the way and, and go to that digital detox, maybe they could figure out a lot of this stuff on the on their own. Yeah. Because absolutely. because like people are kind of afraid to stay with with themselves. Yeah. With their own mind. And yeah. it's like then trying to kind of almost kind of like, yeah, go away. I'm just gonna do something. And they are like, don't don't afraid to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um we're just being bombarded with messages from all around us that it's mm. uh you know, we're beginning sometimes I think to become alien to ourselves and to remove those distractions, I yeah. think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, um tell us how people can get in touch with you and and you know, who would be in what cases you would recommend like, yeah, I can, you know, this is this is where I where I feel like you can benefit hugely with working with me. Yeah. Um I have a Facebook page. My Facebook page is Orla Dempsey Coaching and I am the life pressure eliminator. Wow. So, yes. And you're saying that only now. <laughs> life pressure eliminator. I love it. That's me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have a website also. Um it's www.orladempseycoaching.ie mm-hmm. and my packages and, and what I do, especially geared towards teachers, um, is available there. But definitely in if anybody who is feeling stressed and overwhelmed and they would like that support and accountability and pairing things back to figure out what's important to them and want to put steps in place even between now and Christmas time Christmas can be a stressful time for people as well Mm. um just just to talk just to open up and chat sometimes really just um is really important at uh, at any time I suppose but especially Mm. around you know the the dark winter months also right right because the the, the, you're you're, this is this is it like we're not getting too much sun in Ireland right And this is like, do you do you often see kind of connection with like a like a physical, um, maybe physical is the wrong word, but like you know things like not enough sun, not enough physical activity, mm. not enough fresh air, that causing those problems. Yeah, absolutely. I know that. Um, you know, the, the onset of SAD, the seasonal effectiveness disorder, just from the lack of light that we're getting um, hmm. during the winter months affects, you know, many, many people in Ireland today. And especially in the, you know, the the further north in the northern hemisphere that we mm. get yep. is directly correlated to our our mood um so that is something in fact actually somebody mentioned on my facebook page the other day about taking vitamin d and that that could be a strategy to help lift our mood and uh prepare for the uh the winter season so i think that that could be something for you know it's it's little strategies to put in place give it a try you know see and i think that's the nice thing about um with coaching as well as it's it's measurable so um I will ask a client at the beginning maybe of a goal setting session where say how on a scale of one to ten how confident are you of achieving this goal and at the Mm -hmm. beginning before we've done any talking about it um they would say you know oh you know it's something I really want to do but Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so they would level it perhaps at a you know a three or a four Mm -hmm. and then as we make it a concrete plan and work through the steps they're like you know, when I, when I, if I take step after step, yes, I'm an eight or a nine or a 10 to achieving it. So it kind of satisfies our mind that, yeah, now I have a proper, a secure strategy in place 
that I can see a future I can see a vision for it so like that with the vitamin d if you know give it a try you know see if adam you know start taking it now in a month's time where we you know feeling you know a, a four out of ten if we mm. could increase that to a six out of ten during right. the dark months um it's important for us to to be able to see to yeah. to to uh, diagnose our moods pro tip is that the vitamin d is is uh, metabolized in the presence of vitamin k2m7 yeah so take k2m7 as well with vitamin d very good that's uh that's uh, <laughs> i know that because obviously that's a that's a letter <laughs> k2m7 yep uh so that's a, like a like a pro tip um I have one more question yep. on because you're you're you've just dropped that uh, life pressure eliminator, right? I and I and I and I love that. Can you compare life pressures related like current life pressures related to our life and being bombarded with messages and all these things that we were that we were talking for the past hour versus life pressures of someone you know like indigenous people who have a life pressure you know they need to figure out what to eat what's the shelter where's the water you know is is there a you know bear or whatever yes. like arguably much more serious life pressures right can you compare that like is it is it they look more serious but they kind of more serious in a physical world but they're mentally kind of they're not that pressurizing mentally while what we have we kind of safe physically but our minds are getting destroyed is that what happened i think what you're talking about there is um maslow's hierarchy of needs so oh. we have our basic needs please so <laughs> please explain that yeah. we have our basic needs you know the need for shelter the need for food but also as we go up down down the the pyramid and mm -hmm. um, we have things like you know acceptance and uh we need to be um recognized so recognition is is high for some people if mm -hmm. they feel that they are kind of being repressed that mm -hmm. they really feel the need to be building themselves up and be significant mm -hmm. in what they do um so yeah as they're more um They're more refined needs, um, but certainly I think even back to the indigenous people, they would mm. certainly have had those needs, even though they would have been dealing with the the, the basics, mm. um, you know, of just being able to cope with those basic life skills. But yeah, mm. it's it's all part of, of human nature. Um, it's just to be aware of them, really, of how and in what way I think, like, like we talked about Facebook there. Mm. some people are constantly posting, you know, their updates and, and, and what is that need in them that that whether it's need for, you know, recognition or whether it's need for, um, you know, to reach out to people to for connection also as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, but they're, they're all our, our, our needs. Maslow's hierarchy. Fantastic. Okay. Arla, any concluding thoughts for our listeners? Um, I would love anybody who is feeling stressed and overwhelmed to get in touch with me as a mm -hmm. life pressure eliminator. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. I just love that title. <laughs> This is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm I'm available for one to one sessions. I do some workshops as well. Um, and my my CV review and interview confidence. So please get in touch if you need me. Arla, thank you very much. Thank you.
You just listened to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. I invite you to take a moment and listen to one of the most recent episodes. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.